Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. There were times when a a job that I'd love to have would come up and I'd just not apply for it because I I couldn't be, uh, you know, I couldn't be going through that again. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma, I'm a third year journalism student who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and hello everyone. So you might remember a few episodes ago, I shared my own career story with everyone. Well, we've heard from our community that you guys want to hear from other people just like you, which is why we'll be periodically bringing you someone else's story. We think that even if you're in a completely different stage of your career or different industry, that there's still something to learn from everyone. That's right. I'm very excited to announce our special guest today, my good friend Jay Gasser, who is a great friend of the show as well. In fact, if you've listened to some of our episodes and thought they sound particularly good, it's because Jay probably edited that episode. Top doggy editor. Welcome, Jay. How are you? It's a lot of shade to uh, to Sarah when she's edited an episode, but I appreciate that. Hello. You're the pro. You're definitely the pro. You've taught me a lot. Well, Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank so you. So, starting off, Jay, tell us about your very first job. We're starting right from the beginning here. My very first job, uh, I was actually one of those people that uh, didn't get a job early. I wasn't one of those go-getters that was like, I need to make money. Um, I started my first job late 16 when I was almost 17, I reckon. So, that's, you know, I think, Sarah, you said you started your job when you were like 14 or as soon as you could. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, I'm jealous. Did your, did your parents used to pay for your phone credit? So I probably did. They must have if you didn't have a job till you were 17. Rude. Yeah, look, I used Facebook a lot, I think, growing up. Not a lot of <laughs> I still don't text that much. Like our, our group chat that we have is one of the more common things. That and my girlfriend, uh, the two things that I really use text for and work. But um, look, to your question, it was McDonald's, like a lot of people's was. Um, Woohoo! And, yeah, so... Wait, wait, wait. Let's get more specific. Were you like the f- chip master? Were you the hamburger patty flipper? McCafe? I yeah. Premium McCafe? Embarrassing, embarrassingly really bad. So I was on the uh, the deep fryer a lot, like just... Oh, yeah. bottom tier, bottom fast. tier. <laughs> no, I was wow. the answer though, but they, I actually didn't work there that much because like... At 17, they don't really give you any shifts. Or, or I, I must have just like flicked over to 17 a couple of months in because, yeah, the, the yeah. shift pretty quickly. 
So they want uh, the fourteen-year-olds to run the store. Exactly, and they were doing it a lot better than I was, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Macca's wasn't always the lifelong dream. What did you want to be when you were growing up? See, uh, I wish I had some uh, some answer for you. That was like, oh, I had this great dream of being something, and I've almost achieved it. But I actually have the problem where I don't re- didn't never really had a uh, a dream job, and I think that's really in my formative years of becoming a young adult when I was 18 and 19 really struggled with because I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do, not even something from when I was um, really young. Like, I guess I could, you know, I wanted to be, actually, I actually have memories of just thinking that I was just going to be rich. Like, I listened to a lot of Kanye <laughs> West, a lot of rap music, and if for some reason, and I don't know where this came from, but I just had this idea that once I finished school, things were just going to figure themselves out, I was going to be balling, but I never really had a, a, a dream job. Is that an I mean, okay? manifest. Yeah. That's, I love I'm, that. I can relate to that. It's hard when you don't have like a thing. A thing. Exactly. Oh, I'm like, so envious of people that have a thing. People that are like, this is what mm. I want to do. And it's just like, I never had that, not even as a kid. So, um, I mean, actually, no, I did want to become a professional gamer at one point when I was uh, 15 or 16. So, shout out <laughs> to young uh, gamer nerd Jay. Incredible. A YouTuber. No, not even that. Just like full on esports pro gamer um oh, wow. now, i would hate to very niche those people like imagine playing video games for 12 hours a day as your job but that does not sound like when you're a kid that sounds amazing but my mm. god that would suck couldn't think yeah, of I anything think your worse. definition of that that being success as you get older you're like oh i'd get such a sore back <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like the, you don't even get to enjoy it anymore. Like the amount of pressure you'd be under to perform, it's like the point mm. to play games is to have fun and then you just take that away um, and you don't mm. get the aspect of physical activity like you would as a professional athlete to at least relieve some of that pressure. You just sit there on a computer yeah. stressing and, yeah, stuff Keep that. Keep your hobbies as your hobbies exactly. or you'll ruin them. Mm, mm, too so tri- you, say, you said before there that you'd never really had a thing and were so jealous of that. Would you say that you sort of fell into your career, I guess, because you and I worked together, used to work together at a local radio station, um, and that's where you sort of drew your inspiration to then go and study at Afters. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So, I literally uh, fell, was pushed, I'd say is more the option. I was probably, I think I was like 19, no, I think I was 20, late 20s actually, and I was, I hadn't gone to this, but... The, the job that I worked the most at so far in my life was Aldi, um, where I did a lot of... I started when I was 20, worked there for almost three years, and I was sick of it. Like, I, I saw the the growth. There was money there, and if that was my my draw, that could have been somewhere where I ended up. You know, like, management is paid very well at retail stores. But I saw that growth there, and I got pretty depressed working there. And uh, I was just talking to my sister one day, and she's like, what are you interested in? And at that point in my life, I really loved Triple J, like full on. Like I loved Matt and Alex, like so much. (laughs) Um, And I was like, oh, I'd love to work at at, in radio at Triple J. Was be like, she, I'm pretty sure she would. Like, what is your dream job? Like you guys just did. Although that wasn't, I guess, wasn't my dream job. But at that time, that's what came to my head. And I was like. Yeah, this is what I'd really like to do. And so she, my sister, went ahead and looked online of ways of progressing that in that area. Something that I, for some reason, didn't even consider, like (laughs) just Googling, how do I 
Quick note, is. big sisters are the backbone of society, literally. Keep going. Shout out to big sisters. Oh, yeah. one of them, right? I have two. They're great. <laughs> is one better than the other? No. Ooh. No. Ooh. I love them both equally. No, I do love them. That was a good quick answer. In different ways, though, you know, in different ways. Um, yeah. But no, my sister Naomi, she uh, saw this short course at Afters and uh, really said, you know, it, it was quite an expensive, one of those private short courses, only went for a week. And she was like, you have savings, you've been working at Audi, um, why don't you do it? And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe. And then Christmas rolled around and she bought me a, um, like a podcasting, like one of those home podcasting kits. It was really cheap. It was like $80. You got this mic. I, I, I don't think it even ever worked, but like, it sort of like motivated me to like, oh, okay, like this is cool. I'll give it a go. And that took me to the next step of actually booking it, which uh, I, yeah, I did. And next thing you know, I spent a week there and was in love with it. And that led me to applying for jobs at radio stations, which is apparently something... Hang on, I'm shook. I never knew you did this. Wow. You never knew I went Amazing. to Arthur's for a short course? No. No, wow. shout out to, uh, to, yeah, the short course there. That It, it really did set me up. Um, like it was just so a was week. that just giving you like a taste of everything? Like what did that involve? So it was a five-day intensive short course. Uh, they, they still run them. They run it uh, at afters. They do the full year, but uh, at the summer break and at the end of the year. Oh, like, hang on. We forgot to say what afters is. Oh. For all of you non-industry people out there. Yeah. Me and Jay are in the radio industry. Afters is second nature, but not everyone knows the that. Australian Film TV Radio School. So you did your little week there and then loved it, came home, you were on the hunt for a job. How did you find the job that we had together? So the thing that I'd always recommend to anyone is when they have a, even if it's just a short course, is suck up to your lecturers um, because they are obviously yes. lecturers for a reason and they have so many industry connections. So I just literally just, this is something like so not, not like me. I'm normally the person who just doesn't ask questions, just does his work, doesn't ask questions. And I just sort of just went to my teacher and I was, cause I didn't know the next step forward. Like the course was coming to an end. It was a week long course and I had no plan to go to afters for the long, long, full, full course at this point. And I was just like, mm. what is the best step forward from here? What, if I want to get a career in radio, what is my next step? And she just said, uh, apply to be on the street team. It's the entry level at any radio station. Mm. And, uh, she also gave me a number. Because she knew the person in Wollongong, um, Lachlan Kitchen, who's no longer there. Uh, she knew him, and I just gave him a call and said, "Hook me up, please." Which wow, again, I'm so jealous. Done. Here, so, here I was having to do the video application oh, and the interview that. and the five-step process, and I you just that. got a call up. No, no, no. Wow. I still did that. I still did the video, and my God, did I hate that video. It was mm, the worst, cringe. worst thing. And I look back on it and I'm like, oh my God, I was so boring. I just looked at the camera and did a monologue. And then I was like, why didn't I do something fun? Like, anyway, but I got the job. I don't know if that video got the job, but. So tell us about I-98 and the street fleet, um, guys, for someone who hasn't, you know, come across it before or doesn't live in the area. What is the street fleet and what do you do? Well, uh, the street fleet. Uh, is essentially the uh, the muscle of a radio station. If uh, if you if you do, yeah, the we're the guys who wear the, the wear the radio station gear and uh, we're the face of the radio we're the station. Face of the radio station essentially. We're the we're meant to be fun. 
Um, we're to interact with people when we're outside of the radio station. Uh, we do a lot of giveaways. If there's anything promotion-wise, uh, we're the ones often not so much planning it, but executing it. Um, and it's mm. a fun job. Uh, it would be a lot funner for someone who's not about to turn 25. Um, but you do need to have your full life. <laughs> so it's not too bad. It's, uh, it, it was a great job and I met some great people and, um, it, great foot in the door. And it gives you actual radio time. So, Ooh, yeah. you know, you guys would probably know if you listen to your radio, it's, hey, the street fleet is out and about. Um, Jay, can you give us, can you give us a sample? Give us a cross example. I see. Hold on. Do you know she made me do this at a whole school of year nine, 180 year nine kids the other day, made me do my, a radio cross and I wanted to die. Look. Shout I, out to St. Mary of the Sea. Yes. So now out. you have to. Now I got to. Okay. It's just like a uh, big smile, big fake smile as if it's the, the happiest day of your life, I suppose. Um, and then you just sort of increase your voice a couple octaves like, Hey, what's going on? Jay here from I-98 and we're down at Miss Street doing giveaways. I don't know. I was never very good, clearly. But I don't know if it's in front of me. <laughs> that was great. But yeah. Your voice is totally different. Yeah, and that is not my, uh, like, I'm working at Triple M right now and that is not the, the octave that I go to, I'll tell you that much. Um, mm. But no, it, no. When you're, doing a, when you're doing a cross, if you think you're as loud and high-pitched as possible, you have to increase it by 10 mm -hmm. and then it's an acceptable cross volume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was told, he goes, uh, I had my first cross and I said, any advice? And he goes, yep, smile and loud. And I thought I had a big smile and I went as loud as I could and he just goes, okay, that was good. Now just double that. And I was like, ugh. And I'm not really like a super like, I mean, I don't know. I don't see myself that, but I guess I do get pretty excited. I'm am pretty excitable, but I don't normally push myself to that level of excitement so it did feel a bit uncomfortable but it is it is a job at the end of the day and you learn how to sound like that i suppose even if it does feel mm, definitely for a long time so you're working in the, in the street fleet for a couple of years mm -hmm. and then what makes you take that plunge what makes you want to sign up you did a graduate diploma in radio and podcasting at afters what made you take the launch oh i wasn't moving fast enough I was um, being impatient, really. I was uh, working, you know, still at Aldi's because uh, I know it was only casual. Uh, it was only like 15 hours a week. Um, so I was still working both. And I actually skipped over. I went to TAFE first. So I did media. Okay. I what did you do that? did media and communications uh, with Streamline in TAFE. And I, like, honestly, this is going to sound bad, but I always sort of like, you know, it's, you just have this preconceived idea of TAFE and like I did TAFE previously, but I did like, like tradie TAFE. So completely different, like mm. teachers firstly, like the, tr <laughs> not to talk bad on my tradie teacher, but everything was open book. Uh, you know, yeah, you weren't going to fail that class. And to be fair, you probably weren't going <laughs> to fail the one that I did in communications and media, but. It was just the, the, the support that I had at, at this tape, and I recommend this, like, if you want to get into medias, um, the media industry and you can't go to uni or you don't want to commit yourself to four years, go to TAFE. Like, it was such a good degree, and the pedigree of lecturers there are just as good as I've had um, elsewhere. They just don't get paid as much. Yeah, definitely. I think TAFE gets such a bad rap as being super competency-based, like like you said, like impossible to fail, like mm. bad rap, but good stepping stone if, like you said, you don't want to commit. 
No, um, definitely. And, so, and you only sort of get out of TAFE what you put in because there isn't as much external mm. pressure from your teachers because I, I don't know what it is with TAFE, but I guess it is that sort of culture. And it's probably good for the type of people that, that go to TAFE. It's, you know, a lot of the stuff there isn't, you know, higher education. Yeah. So it is, uh, you know, the, the way you're meant to feel there is, you know, not as much pressure, I suppose. But, um, yeah, you've, you've sort of got to, you've got to want to do it because I, I like, coming out of school where I was not a very good student doing this TAFE course and really applying myself and pushing myself. It, uh, you know, it really made me like what I was doing. And I, uh, had a, I, yeah, I really love TAFE. So I can't really give more of a shout out to TAFE. Shout out to, uh, Natalie and Verity at, uh, <laughs> at which TAFE was it? Sydney. What's the one? You, you Ultimo, Ultimo TAFE, Ultimo TAFE. They're the best. Nice. Boom. And what was the time frame between finishing that TAFE course and then going to afters? Did you like continue working for like a year or two or? No, I went straight after. So I was very lucky because I was working in the industry. They gave me the uh, option of skipping the Cert 4. So I went straight to my diploma. So I uh, went straight. So I only did six months to get my diploma, which was pretty cool. And then uh, coming to the end, uh, I had one job interview, which I nearly got but did not. Uh, on the base of experience and the same week I got my, uh, I got accepted into afters. So I was originally not going to go to afters if I got this job, but I didn't get mm. the job. So I went to afters, which was, um, yeah, the next year. So I did tape the second half of 2019 and went to afters 2020, the COVID year. Oh dear. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, uh, well, I guess that, I can sort of, it's funny because without COVID, my uh, career, like the job that I'm going into now probably wouldn't be what I'd be doing. Like I, because, because of COVID, you know, you couldn't really practice radio because you needed to be in the radio studios and we couldn't Mm. uh, because of COVID. So a lot of my work turned online and um, editing audio, making podcasts, uh, that sort of stuff. So sort of shaped the direction of my career. Um, and I guess, I mean, I, I'd like to say that I wish it didn't happen, but like, I think I had like an experience that no one else will ever sort of have at afters, um, which is something you can, oh, I cool. mean, maybe that's just a way of my brain telling Thanks, me to pandemic. live with it. Yeah. But it, at the time I, I absolutely hated, uh, life and I hated the pandemic because, you know, those, um, it wasn't a cheap course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you were meant to be getting everything out of it, and it was only a year, so it's not like uh, well, it's not like mm. a, your life has returned to normal. But then you weren't like, oh, next year, you know, I'll, I'll be back at uni. You know, this was my mm. this was my uni experience, and um, which is something I always felt like I missed out on a little bit because I didn't go to university, so I didn't have that uni experience. So this was my uni experience, and to have it sort of ruined that in that way really did suck. But at the same time, you know, look at the positives, I suppose. Can you tell us about the tough parts of that year? Because Afters is renowned for being pretty intense. It's a year long. It's full time, nine to five, five days a week. It's yeah. tricky juggling work, trying to live in Sydney. Like, give us a little hustle story because the people that are listening are probably going through it too and being like, mm, I can't wait to just get a job <laughs> and it'll all be better. So how? what were the tricky parts of that year? I guess Afters sort of... Uh, is at least our radio course is very different to any um, it's like you're back at school 
because you're there five days a week, nine mm. to nine to five. Um, I mean, I can't think of really any other, uh, you know, higher education courses that do something like that. Can you? No. Some in, some placements, I guess, mm. are a bit like that. If you're doing no, this um, was a year, so <laughs> yeah, medical placements for sure. Mm. But um, like, um, I guess they what they do is they are just trying to you know give you an absolute crash course in it. Like maybe the the course could be over two years. I'm glad that they do it mm. the way they do it. I feel like the the family, and I literally say family because it feels like that by the end of the year, because you have spent every single day uh, except for two mm. with these people a week. You know, you're there all the time, and these people are your support network and everything, and it's such a cool experience. Um, but the the amount of pressure that you're put under because you have what we call um, broadcast uh, weeks every there's two every semester. And they're two weeks of you're essentially running a radio station. And they gradually build up and become more responsibility. So the first one, uh, we actually didn't get to do the normal way. They normally take you to the Easter show and you get to broadcast the Easter show, which is really cool. Oh. We didn't get to do it because of COVID. Um, so we had to do it from home, which was, uh, yeah, that, that thing, that thing is the worst memory of my entire life because... <laughs> I thrown into the deep end, sitting at home by yourself with no support really, except a phone call. Um, doing radio that you've never done before was hell week. It was, it was terrible. But those weeks really define and show you what you're capable of, because the amount of content that you're forced to make in those small amount of weeks is incredible. And uh, yeah, I guess that it, there is no other way. There is no better way to be industry ready than to go through those weeks because, and that's a word that they bloody love it after is industry ready. Uh, <laughs> it, it could be their uh, catchphrase. So yeah, just those four weeks of two weeks, uh, rather of just nonstop content are probably some of the hardest things I've ever had to do, especially, uh, some of the stuff at the end, like the stuff that I'm doing now working at Triple M, um, is way easier than anything I ever did. Really? Way easier. Wow. Because you have... And so let's let's get forward to that. I mean, you did the afters year. Um, it was 2020, which was a really tough year to be mm-hmm. finishing. What have you done since then? I mean, you mentioned you're working at um, Triple M now. Um, what are the types of things that you've picked up since graduating? Well, there was a long gap of nothing for a while. You know, you sort of just... Um, you just apply for stuff and uh, you hope that you hear back. A lot of the time you don't. Um, and, yeah, it's a bit disheartening. But I reckon I started I, I started really applying for jobs, I want to say, uh, late January. Like I, like I just had a mental year and I just wanted some time off. But, like, for the last six months, it's just been everything that pops up, just applying for it. Um, and sometimes you'd hear nothing back. Sometimes you'd get, if it was a big company, you'd get a rejection email, one of those generic ones. But um, automated. Mm. Yeah, and they're the worst. Actually, I'd probably rather not hear anything. Nah, that's not that's not true. Hearing nothing is probably the worst. It's so bad, and it looks so bad any company, in my opinion. So, how many jobs do you think you've actually applied for in that six month period? Um, I've lost count to be honest, but nearly 30, I'd say. Wow. And that's a lot for, I'd say for this industry as well. You've, the jobs in this industry sort of dried up quite a bit, um, when COVID happened. Some of them I applied for just because I was on, um, 
job seeker, to be honest. Oh, love that honesty because you're required. What's the requirement these days? Um, how many do you have to actually apply for? It began as it began as eight, and then it turned to fifteen. Oh, um, fifteen per month, per week, per, per month. I put wow month or fortnight. That's a lot. Month. Yeah, every fifteen. Surprisingly, every fifteen, fifteen jobs. Um, which is, yeah, it's a hectic amount and they can't expect anyone to apply for 15 legitimate jobs, surely. Like I was applying no. for things that I uh, had no right applying for. So, <laughs> you know, and that's... Don't- and I'm going to I'm gonna jump in here for a little rant. Do you know what that requirement does? It means people apply for just whatever they want to get their requirement out of the, ra- out mm-hmm. of the way. They literally go click, 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 click on seek. On For me, what that does as the recruiter... I get hundreds of applications and it means I'm less likely to be able to get back to everyone, which feeds straight back into what you said about not hearing back. It's such a vicious cycle. Do you know what I saw a lot of? Code words that you'd have to read to the bottom of the application and then they'd be like, in your cover letter, use the word salmon. And that way we read the entire the email and we were like, oh, okay. I've so they, never they, seen that so before. Just, so maybe I'd assume they just go control F, salmon. And if salmon pops up, they're like, okay, this person's <gasps> read the whole, the whole, uh, wow. advertisement. So they're a serious contender and they take Sarah, the-, the big HR recruitment top doggy is shook. She's never even heard of this. How yeah. big of a top doggy can you be if you've never heard of that? Wow. I'm not surprised because they're obviously dealing with people who haven't read mm. the job. And these were jobs um, like straight off the front pages seek at times I was I was applying for. So out of those 30 to 40 jobs, how many interviews did you get out of that? The jobs that I thought I'd get at least have a chance at, I'd probably say I can got I think I got seven or eight interviews in that time. Um, wow. A few of them were would you class as interviews or you know maybe not maybe they're just more like chats like a phone chat kind of callback type thing yeah what did you learn out of all those interviews is there something that you became really like did you get really good at them like i don't know i'd love to say that i got better at preparing for them but i sort of um um, and this is just my personality, I suppose. I wouldn't come in the most prepared I could be because I was like, I'm just going to wing this a little bit. And uh, I don't think I ever did a terrible interview. Like I've never, I never came out of any of those going, oh, that was terrible. But there was definitely a few of them where I was like, okay, next one, Jay, you better prep a little bit harder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely say I, uh, I learned that, uh, you know, you've just got to, you just got to keep keep doing them but i mean there's never what you can't avoid interviews i suppose oh man can i just say how much more i love zoom interviews than face-to-face oh really like having that barrier and then not being able to like smell my sweat is just like (laughs) i can like smell the fear smell the fear exactly i can just uh, like loosen up a little bit I've got that barrier of uh, if shit's really going bad, I can like pretend I'm lagging and like drop off. Like it's so good, so good. Sorry, what? I can't hear you. You're breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally put yourself on mute. <laughs> yeah. Take classic, a classic move. Um, what kind of emotions did you go through during the process? Was there a time where you were like, "I'm so over this. I'm never going to get a job. I mm-hmm. may as well just there were times pack up and that- move to Canada." There were times when a, a job that I, I'd love to have would come up and I'd just not apply for it just because I, I couldn't be, uh, I, you know, I couldn't be fucked going oh. through that again, um, you know. And it's just like 
how many times can you be told that, you know, you interviewed really well, but we just need a little bit more experience. And it's like... Yeah. Was there some jobs that you came close to that you were like, it? you were so close and then not quite? And is that more painful than than just not being considered at all? Definitely. Way more painful because uh, you're like, waiting around, hanging about. You're like, ah, every phone call that is some like fake uh, telemarketer gets your hopes up. And you're just like, oh, this is the worst. But um, there was, yeah, one in particular, which uh, Sarah, you know, you really helped me through this process um, to apply for this job. And I like really oh. went above and beyond what I'd normally do for a job. And I got so far into the process and I was like, oh, my God, this could be mine. And then, uh, you know, you get to get told that, you know, it's almost it's such a kick in, kick, in, kick to the guts that they're like, you, you did so well, but you just... You're the next, not that the next well. Pick, the next pick, and it's like, why did you tell me that? I'd rather mm, not tell me that. Up. Yeah. Um, in in a way, I do like hearing that as well. I guess you know a bit of confidence boost, like, oh, I'm I'm close. The next one's mine. But uh, yeah, it, it's 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 hard to uh, to go through that and um, to then you know pick yourself back up and go through it again is not always the easiest thing to do. And it's hard, right? Because you've put so much into it and mm. it kind of feels like you're being rejected as a person, mm. right? Like you're not good enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure so many people listening can relate to that feeling. And you try to like pinpoint exactly where it went wrong. Like, was it my resume? Do I need to go back to my resume and change something? Do I need to, uh, my cover letter, is there something going on there? Is it how I interviewed? Is it, you know, just at the end of the day, was there a better person? Which is probably the most likely situation if you, especially if you get as far as I did in that one particular case. But, um, yeah, you definitely second guess yourself and, uh, it's not a good feeling, but it is part of the course. That's right. And you did triumph through the adversity. Tell us your good news. You're no longer a job seeker. Tell us all about it. Okay, well, this is wild, actually. So, um, I have to back up a little bit first. So, yeah, back up. I, um, I got a job here. I'm where I am right now in the studio of, uh, of Triple M, uh, down in Griffith. I got a role as a casual announcer here, right to place, right sort of time. Um, the announcer was, went away. The person that they had to fill got a job. So they needed someone. They were like, Oh, this guy is, you know, freshly out of uni. Um, but you know what? We only need him for two weeks. Gave me the shot and it went really well. Um, you know, I, I did everything they asked me to. I, I didn't, you know, ruin the, the, the credibility of the radio station. Everyone here, <laughs> That's great. Kind of, yeah, that is always uh, a positive. And everyone here really liked me. Like I had really good, uh, there's a really good team down here. And so when that wrapped up, I was like, wow. And from that short stint of industry, actual like working in that, it, the confidence you build in yourself to actually be like, wow, I can actually do do a job like this, like this entire mm. time. It like really helps with that imposter sort of syndrome. Like, am I even able to do this job? But anyway, I, I, I finished up there and I started applying more, you know, more confidence, uh, more stuff on my resume as well. You know, I've got an actual job. Yep. If it's just two weeks doing something. And I applied for this job up in Sydney as a podcast producer. Now the job interview goes really well. I have a lot of good chemistry with the um, with the 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 interviewers, which is you know something you, you know when you when you feel like you did a good interview, you you can feel it. And uh, I think it went okay. I didn't think I nailed it job wise. Like I didn't think I answered all the questions the best way, but I had the chemistry. And I, I don't know if you can um, 
attest to this, Sarah, but I feel like that's almost just as good as, you know, nailing Definitely. everything is having yeah. a real good bond, bond, <laughs> like as if we're lovers or something, a real good connection with the, <laughs> the, interview, uh, the interviewer. So I felt that's what I felt like I had with this job and I didn't hear back for ages. And what happened was, is I actually got the opportunity to come back to Triple M as uh, the person I was filling in for decided that they wanted to move on. And shout out to Griffith, who um, would have been hearing you for the past little while. Yeah, shout out to Griffith. Uh, you know, we go way back. Um, it's a beautiful town, actually. And the thing is, and I'll get to this, but um, it, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, I wouldn't have mi- ma- minded if I ended up here. Um, so now I'm back here and I'm being, you know, groomed in a sense that this is the job that, you know, that I'm here in, and especially in this industry, um, you know, it's sort of such a fast-moving industry that the that radio, it's sort of like, if someone's here, they're most likely going to be offered the job unless they're shit. <laughs> and then the curveball comes in. I get a call from this job in Sydney that I had applied for quite a while ago at this point, like almost a month. And they did tell me like this. Had you almost forgotten about it? Almost. I would say I was like, answered the phone, who? Who are you? Yeah, that's like pretty much, pretty much. And they're like, look, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news, no, the bad news is we can't offer you the job. You didn't have enough experience. Wow. I've never heard that again. Oh, God, here we go again. The good news is that there is another position that we were planning to hire down the line that we think you'd be perfect for. Oh, so Ooh, nice. See? So nice. That's that's where, why you build the rapport because they keep you in mind. They're like, mm. look... You know, you're missing X, Y, Z, but I like this guy. Yeah. Pro tip, pro fun fact, I, in the street fleet, initially didn't get the job. And then I was like, oh, that's so upsetting. But thanks so much. And they're like, would you be happy to be kept in mind in the future? And I was like, yeah. Next week they called me, boom, got an opening, come back. So, yeah. Anyway, keep going, Jay. So they uh, said we've got this uh, other position for you. No, I've got this other position, but they weren't like, they, they weren't like, the job's yours, Eva. They were like we want to offer this Maybe. down the line. We may still end up putting it out to people and looking to see what we get back, you know, that we might still do it's that. Like, it's like half good news. It's like good news. It might be yours, but also might not. So don't get too excited. It's exactly. just slightly good news. And then I, then they went radio silent, like did not hear anything. <laughs> radio <And> I, silent. <laughs> podcast hey, silent. Podcast silent. Uh. And so I didn't hear anything and I was just pottering away at AAA. I'm like, oh, well, I'm very happy with what I'm doing. You know, if this, you know, if, if the rep podcasting comes to fruition, then I'll have a decision on my hands. And then the radio job was never offered to me either. Like I've been here for almost a month and like, we're like, oh, it's in the process, da, 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 da. And like, I'm just now in the, in limbo between two jobs having to decide which one I want, but at the same time, not having a job on the table. Like I haven't actually been given any of these jobs. And so I think like three weeks pass from that point. And then I'm like, all right, like what's going on? I message her and she's like, yes, we're, um, we're very happy to move forward. I'll uh, be in contact with you soon and we'll discuss, you know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, I should also mention that um, they did, when I did, when they did offer their job, they said, look, you're not getting the original job, but we can still match your pay expectations, which means I undershot that first job's pay expectations so hard, for sure. <laughs> I mean, 
I, like I've said to Emma before, when it's your first one after graduating, you know what? You You'll just take, take what you can get and you can convert that into a, into pay later once you've got the experience. Yeah, you know what, that's, my, that's I, my I'm belief. pretty sure I was like, I said my number and then I said <laughs> anything more than radio. So, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you don't know, radio, uh, we're not all Kyle Sanderlands. Um, so, anyway, yeah. I've got the two jobs. Uh, I haven't got the two jobs yet. And then a week ago, on Tuesday, I get offered the job Hot off the at Triple M. Wow. You know, they're like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Because I'd also consulted my boss that I'd had this other job and he's like, well, you know, it's your decision. And uh, I was like, oh, now I've got to, you know, let these guys know ASAP because they want to move quickly. Um, I know I don't want to, they've, I don't want to keep them waiting. And I'm like, oh, so I send out another email to these guys. I'm like, hey, can you please let me know what's happening with this job? Because even at this point, I was sort of leaning towards that job, closer to home, better pay in an industry that I feel like I have a little bit more chance of growth in. And, you know, it's a, it's a newer, fresher industry like podcasting. And then later that day, they offer me the job. So I'm not had a job offer for six, seven months. And then on the same day, I get two. That is insane. Wow. Yeah. What what a what a turnaround. Like what was going through your mind then when you had two job offers and suddenly you were then like you have a different problem, which is what am I gonna do next? What were those emotions like? Oh, it sucks. Uh it like it sounds like a good problem to have, but it it feels like the worst problem. Like I'm almost like, Why do people offer me jobs? Oh my god. Um, I don't, I don't want this anymore. No, but it, it was a good feeling to have. Like I felt like I had a, had a skip in my step for sure. But, um, once the two were there, it came very clear to me what I wanted. It wasn't so hard. Um, then I feel like leading up when I didn't have both jobs because they weren't there, I was like, Oh, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? But once they were both offered, I think the option came very clear to me and, um, yeah, I ended up choosing the job in Sydney in podcasting at ARN. Congratulations. <laughs> We're so excited for you. By the time this airs, I should have a contract. Amazing. So good. It's official. So if you could give a piece of advice to fellow job seekers, you've been through it yourself. Mm. You've clawed your way to the end. What would your advice be? God, probably something heaps cliche, like, um, you know, it's just around the corner. Don't give up. But, um, you know, probably not. I'd probably just say take every opportunity, um, even if it's, you know, not the one that you want right now. Um, it will lead to the one you want, even if it's the completely different way. If it's a small uh, sacrifice, take it because you've got you've to put in the work. You've got to sacrifice uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, all those sort of cliches. I mean, just, just do it. Say yes. Love that. Experience Yay. grows, mm. as Emma and I like to say. As soon as you've got something else more to put on your resume, then, you know, that next time, hey, suddenly you do have enough experience for that role. Amazing. Thanks so much for sharing your job seeker story, Jay. I feel like there'll be so many people out there that can relate to the highs and lows. Mm. But also I hope this provides everyone with a bit of inspo and motivation that it does work out in the end and you can be just like Jay too. Yep, like exactly. It. Thanks so much for joining us, Jay, and good luck in your new job.
Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you want to hear more from us, make sure you hit subscribe. We're a new podcast, so if you liked this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review so we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration, and a supportive community, join us in the Interview Boss Facebook group. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>